He's the God of the nations. I said again, He's the God of the nations. He's the God who is sovereign over America. Whether or not we honor Him, He's still in charge of America. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. The amazing thing about the God of the Bible is that He knows how something will end before the beginning begins. Hi, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thanks for joining us this time. Today we're continuing through the book of Daniel in a series that I've called Courageous Living. You know, one way the Bible stands out as a truly supernatural book is by the prophecies found within. And few Bible books reveal this better than Daniel. In the book of Daniel, God reveals the beginning and end of entire nations before they even step onto the stage of history. The God of the Bible knows the end of something before its beginning begins. And we're about to see this in action in today's message as King Nebuchadnezzar has a dream that nobody can interpret until Daniel steps up. And the dream is a powerful prediction of nations not yet born. So grab your Bible and follow along as I share part two of the message, The King Has a Dream. What he says in this praise moment is powerful. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. You see what he's saying? God's in charge of nations. When God wants to, He just removes a king. When He wants to, He raises up another king. God is in charge of nations. Now it goes on. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness, and light dwells with Him. I thank you and praise you, O God of my Father, says Daniel. You have given me wisdom and might. And have now made known to me what we asked of you, for you have made known to us the king's demand. Daniel goes directly to the man who had been commissioned to kill all the wise men of Babylon, Arioch, and tells him he's got the interpretation. So Arioch takes Daniel immediately to the king. Daniel proceeds to witness to Nebuchadnezzar that there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets. Now, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are captives in Babylon with the rest of Judah because of Judah's sin. But I want you to notice, church, how Daniel and the three Hebrew children are prospering where they were planted. Even though they were in a pagan culture, they resisted assimilation into that culture. They kept themselves and their walk with God intact. And when the moment of crisis came, they stepped forward full of light, full of wisdom, and they began to testify of the real and true God. I see the church here. In this dark hour of America, who's going to have an answer? It's going to be those who have resisted assimilation, 
who have refused indoctrination, who have had their minds renewed by the Word of God, who have stayed true to Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and there's going to be a moment when the church steps forward, many moments, and says, let me tell you the answer. Let me tell you about the real God. Let me tell you about the God who answers prayer. Let me tell you about the genuine, the real thing. I see a parallel here. Daniel proceeds to witness Nebuchadnezzar. There's a God in heaven who reveals secrets and that the occultic wise men, astrologers, magicians, and sorcerers are useless phonies. And now Daniel tells the king his dream. Here we come to the meat of the chapter. You, O king, were watching. Verse 31, and behold, you dreamed of a great image. Now we're going to remember this from the Revelation. When we went through the Revelation, we're going to remember this. This great image that you dreamed about, O king, whose splendor was excellent, stood before you, and its form was awesome. What you saw was awesome, O king. This image's head, he's, now he's going to describe what the king dreamed. Who could ever have come up with this without God revealing it to him? Watch this, because it's intricate. This image's head was of fine gold. Its chest and arms were of silver. It's in the shape of a man, but it's broken up this way. The head was of fine gold. Its chest and arms were of silver. Its belly and thighs of bronze. And its legs were of iron and its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. Wow. Can you imagine God revealing this to you that somebody dreamed it? This is intricate. This is involved. This isn't saying you saw a butterfly going across a field. This is involved. If you don't hit it on the head, you're dead. And look what God showed him, this image. You watched, verse 34, while a stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Verse 35, then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were crushed together and became like shaft from the summer threshing floors. The wind carried them away so that no trace of them was found. And the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Wow. How many of you would say that was an interpretation? That was a revelation. Now he's going to give the interpretation. Now, what Daniel's just described, watch carefully, church. It's powerful because we're involved partly in this prophecy. What he's just described is a prophecy of four kingdoms. One already is, and there will be three to come. This prophetic dream shows us that God absolutely knows the future of nations. Our God, the God who gave us the Bible, the God who sent His Son and lives inside of you by His Spirit, that God, knows the future of nations, America, China, Russia, Iran, Iraq, Egypt, all of Europe. He knows the future of all of them and can tell you with intricate detail what's going to come down with every one of them, including the nation we're in right now. He knows the future. And that's what this prophecy is about to show us. When that nation will arrive... And when that nation will fall. Daniel next gives Nebuchadnezzar the interpretation. 
part of which reaches down to you and me today. So buckle your seatbelts. Verse 36 and 37, Daniel continues with the interpretation. He says, Nebuchadnezzar, this is the dream. Now we will tell the interpretation of it before the king. You, O king, are a king of kings. For the God of heaven has given you a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. And wherever the children of men dwell, or the beasts of the field and the birds of the heaven, he has given them into your hand, Nebuchadnezzar, and has made you the ruler over them all. Who made him ruler? God did. And he didn't even know God. But God made him ruler. And has made you ruler over them all. And you, Nebuchadnezzar, are the head of gold. So here's this picture of this image shaped like a man. And with the head of gold, he says, Nebuchadnezzar, you're that head of gold. That's you. It's the Babylonian kingdom. It's the kingdom of Babylon. So first off, the dream identifies Nebuchadnezzar himself in the Babylonian kingdom that had destroyed Jerusalem and would hold Israel captive for 70 years. So there's the first part of the image. Next, the dream reaches into the future. Verse 39, but after you, talking to Nebuchadnezzar, shall arise another kingdom inferior to yours. This is a prediction of the Medes and the Persians. Now, this is a mind blower here because Daniel got to see this one come to pass. We recall the moment, don't we, when Nebuchadnezzar's son, Belshazzar, held a feast where they took the sacred vessels dedicated to God out of the temple and used them for alcohol in a drunken orgy. Took what was sacred, and that's what happens to a backslidden, depraved nation the ability to recognize what is sacred and what is not sacred fades away, goes away, disappears. And the sacred is abused without the abuser even stopping to think about the fact that they're... Like, for instance, I can't tell you how the way people view churches has changed. You'll see people walk into a church. They'll walk into a sanctuary, you know, with drinks in their hand and and I don't care how you come to church, believe me. I don't care. I want pink hair, purple hair, blue hair, no hair. I want everybody to come to this church. Amen. What I'm saying is there's been a loss, though. There's been a weakening of understanding with a lot of people that when you come into the house of God, there's a sacredness to it. Amen. And you can tell by the way some people act in church. You can tell the way they act that they don't get it. They don't understand that because He's here, it's sacred. Because we have come here to worship Him, it's a sacred place. You know, even when I write, and I write all the time, I write four to 6,000 words a week. Easy. I will not write Lord or God or Holy Spirit. I won't even abbreviate Holy Spirit. I will always write it out. So, Jeff, that sounds like legalism. No, because to me, there are some words that are sacred, and so I'm going to write it out, and I'm going to cap it. I just am. Now, I can get away with it in today's modern English usage. I can get away with doing that, but I don't want to because to me, there are things that are sacred. That Bible, to me, is sacred. I'm not going to treat it like other books. I'm not going to throw it into some dusty closet. It's sacred to me. There are things that are sacred. But when you depart from God, you lose that discernment or even that care about what is sacred. And here to them, the vessels that were in the temple that had been dedicated to God 
were nothing. They got them and they began to use them for wine where they were all getting drunk. So they totally abused what was dedicated to God. And then the hand appeared. A hand appeared. (laughs) What if I was talking right now and all of a sudden up here, a hand appeared and started writing? Just a hand. I do believe I'd lose your attention. (laughs) It starts writing. Here they are. They're all drunk. There's about a thousand people there. And they're all drunk, sinning against God. It was debauchery. It was terrible. And now here this hand appears, and it starts writing. And Daniel, now an old man, was there again to interpret the writing. And it said, meeny, meeny, tekel, you parson, which meant, oh, man, Daniel came and said, let me read it to you, Belshazzar. Here you go. God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. Everybody say with me, when God finishes it, it. it's finished. finished. You don't ever want to hear God say, you know what, you finished. God's numbered your kingdom, it's finished it. You have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. Your kingdom has been divided and given to who? The Medes and the Persians. Now that's the second part that Daniel saw this image. That night, Belshazzar was killed, and Darius the Mede received the kingdom. That very night, kingdoms shifted. Oh, I'll tell you, church, we're living in a time where there could come a shift you wouldn't believe. A whole nation shifted and went to another in one night. The event happened decades after Nebuchadnezzar's dream and Daniel's interpretation. It happened decades after. Now next, Daniel says to Nebuchadnezzar, Then there was another, a third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule over all the earth. Now we know that the bronze kingdom was the Greeks under Alexander the Great. Alexander was a military prodigy who was mentored in his childhood by none other than the Greek philosopher Aristotle. Did you know that? Alexander the Greek was mentored by Aristotle. I'd rather listen to Paul than Aristotle. I'd rather listen to Peter than Aristotle. Anyway, Alexander was a short man, but he had a brilliant military mind. His military victories were prodigious, and it was he who conquered the Persians, ushering in the golden year of Greece, the kingdom of bronze. So here's these kingdoms that Daniel interpreted Nebuchadnezzar's dream and told him. There's your kingdom, the Babylonians. Then a weaker kingdom is going to take the Babylonians over, and it was the Medes and the Persians. Then another kingdom is going to take that kingdom over, and that was the Greeks. All these things, church, happened in history just like Daniel said. That's amazing to me. So you know what? Our God knows exactly what's going to happen with America exactly what's going to happen with China and all the other nations in the world right now. He knows exactly what's going to happen because he nailed these various kingdoms that were coming. Daniel, as I said, got to see the second one fulfilled in his own lifetime as an old man. Now, finally, Daniel interprets the final part of Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Verse 40, And the fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron, inasmuch as iron breaks in pieces and shatters everything. And like iron that crushes, that kingdom will break in pieces and crush all the others. That kingdom was Rome. 
the greatest and most ruthless of the four kingdoms, he continues, whereas you saw the feet and toes partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, the kingdom shall be divided. And this happened when Western Rome collapsed a little around 420 A.D., somewhere around in there, and Eastern Rome, known as Constantinople, continued for a thousand years and it collapsed around 1453. All right? Daniel continues. Yet the strength of the iron, Rome, shall be in it, just as you saw the iron mixed with ceramic clay. Now watch carefully. The iron represents old Rome, but as it divides, other cultures will be mixed in with it, which is exactly what happened in Constantinople. It was a mixture of cultures while still maintaining some of the iron of old Rome. Now verse 42, And as the toes of the feet were partly of iron and partly of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly fragile. He's talking about Rome now. As you saw iron mixed with ceramic clay, they will mingle with the seed of men, but they will not adhere to one another, just as iron does not mix with clay. Now, you may remember when we study the Revelation that John predicted the Roman Empire would reappear in the latter days. And out of this resurrected Roman culture, the Antichrist would appear. And this resurrected Roman culture will also be a mixture of old Rome, the iron, and many other cultures, the clay. We call it multiculturalism. Now comes the good part. Daniel's prophecy is now reaching down to you and to me and the soon-to-return King of kings and Lord of lords. He says in verse 44, In the days of these kings, the rulers and nations that will be part of revived Rome, in our day, let me say that again, in the days of these kings, talking about the rulers and the nations that will be part of revived Rome, in our day, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. That's the prophecy. He goes on, verse 44, the kingdom shall not be left to other people. In other words, it won't be ruled by man. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Gee, I wonder whose kingdom he's talking about. There's a new day coming, folks. When the King of kings and Lord of lords comes and sets up his kingdom, and it won't be ruled by men. There will not be a Republican convention or a Democratic convention. There will not be a vote. It will be a monarchy ruled by a king, the king, the only king, the capital K king. And that's what he's telling us here. The kingdom established by Jesus, says Daniel, will be eternal. And it shall break in pieces all of the godless earthly kingdoms at His return. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Now we're almost finished and Daniel wraps it up saying, verse 45, Inasmuch as you saw that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands and that it broke in pieces the iron, bronze, clay, silver, and the gold, the great God has made known to the king what will come to pass after this. The dream is certain and its interpretation is sure. 
Now, I want to just stop right here and say I know some of that was a little bit difficult to follow, but suffice it to say, as Daniel interpreted the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had, he predicted, and the dream had predicted, the coming of four kingdoms. One was already there, Babylon, then the Medes and the Persians, then the Greeks, then the Romans, then that Rome would reappear down the tunnel of time in the last days. I believe we're seeing Rome has reappeared right now in Europe, the European common market. I believe the old Rome, that iron of Rome is there, and it's mixed with other cultures like he saw. And when Jesus returns, he is going to destroy the godless kingdom of the Antichrist. He's going to put down every despot, every dictator, every godless ruler. He's going to crush every kingdom that has resisted him. And then he's going to establish his own kingdom and rule the world with a scepter of righteousness. And that is what Daniel has given to us. And he says, the hand that cut this rock out of the mountain, the way it was cut out without hands, means that God himself gave to us the cornerstone, Jesus Christ. And he's the one who's going to return and crush every other kingdom. And folks, I believe he is near even at the very door. That's the dream of Daniel. Now Daniel reveals that it's God himself who brings down Babylon, the Medes and the Persians, the Greeks and Rome. He's the God of the nations. I said again, he's the God of the nations. Let me say it one more time. He's the God of the nations. He's the God of Iran. He's the God of Iraq. He's the God of Russia. He's the God of China. He's the God of Europe. He's the God who is sovereign over America. Whether or not we honor Him, He's still in charge of America. He just uses human beings for the various transitions. But they are only actors on the stage of history. That's all Nebuchadnezzar was. Or Darius of the Medes and the Persians. Or Alexander of the Greeks. Or any of the Caesars of Rome. They're just players on the stage of history that God sovereignly and providentially used. Because he can do anything. Our God's in charge. And that's what I want you to see tonight. If the book of Daniel shows us anything, it is that God is in charge. Even of pagan nations. Wow, what a powerful confirmation that the God of the Bible is the one true God, and the Bible is really His Word. And this is something we will see repeated in this eye-opening journey through the book of Daniel, that God is the God of nations. He knows when they will arise, and He knows when they will fall. He knows what their characteristics will be, their strengths and their weaknesses. What an amazing God we serve. Now, don't go anywhere because we have some exciting things to share with you, our Life Talk listeners, that you're going to want to take advantage of. Until next time, I pray God's rich blessings be yours.
Hi, this is Jeff Wickwire, the host of Life Talk Radio, and I've got some exciting news for you. It's been in my heart for quite some time to see our Turning Point worship team produce their own Christ-exalting music. And you know what? It's finally happened. TPC Worship's debut album, Mercy Triumphs, is available right now on iTunes and Amazon, or you can visit tpcfamily.org forward slash worship to get your copy today. That's tpcfamily.org forward slash worship and get your copy, and I know it's going to be a blessing to you. The King Has a Dream is the second message of Pastor Jeff's new series, Courageous Living. You can own a copy of this 13-CD set for just $65 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Courageous Living, for only $65 plus shipping. By logging on to LiveTalkRadio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast. Mm-hmm.